Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right. Today is the 24th of March. Um, still got a little snow on the ground. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I can't believe there's still snow on the ground uh, in this officially springtime here. You know, parks of Tony Phil from, uh, I think it's Cleveland, uh, Ohio area, I think, um, you know, looks at the, look, he saw his, uh, Shadow, so I guess that's probably why we still got a little snow on the ground out here in Brooklyn, New York. But you know, I don't know what it's like where you're at, man. <laughs> so it's me and Dr. Sarkis on the call here, having a good old time. What's going on, Doc? What's up? All right, so uh, this is our uh, third session, and uh, what I've been dealing with is really uh, uh, is is my power in relationships and how to make relationships work and yeah. I'm dealing uh facing all all my uh my issues inside uh relationships and mm-hmm. that hasn't been working very well uh towards the relationships mm-hmm. uh Last week uh, on Saturday, what we uh, um, we were able to uh, uh, distinguish is the uh, it's the way my way of being inside relationship, which is really yeah. uh, uh, being like a like a baby who is irresponsible and um, uh, and I come in into relationship with a degree of of expectation uh, and a judgment machine. And I actually, uh, I throw uh, my happiness on the other person and, and I uh, make them responsible for making me happy. Uh, and, um, and, and, I am waiting for them to make the first mistake to uh, uh, to really uh, make them feel bad and make them feel responsible. Uh, uh, and with that way, I do dominate the relationship uh, by being passive. I passively dominate the relationship. Uh, and um i'm uh, i have trust issues so uh, i'm kind of uh trust issues waiting to happen and in a way that would be my way out uh, of the relationship you you said it a lot more eloquently um mm-hmm. that is what 
present to right now. I'm present to not being responsible in creating, actually, the relationship. Instead, uh, uh, I'm just present to uh, to my lack, uh, to, to really just acting like a powerless baby. However, like knowing that this baby also knows how to manipulate and control and and that is the weapon I'm using in the relationship yeah gotcha well you know it's funny I meant to do something I just realized that I did not do this and uh, I wasn't going to say it I was going to do it to you um I was looking at um, the documents that I had sent you when we did our coaching the first time a year and a half ago. Yes. And um, I was reading it after we talked, and I was like, it sounds like the same situation. (laughs) You know, you had wrote, um, you know, what love means to you or something like that, and you emailed it to me. Um, and so I was going to send it back to you and then I don't know what happened. I got distracted or something happened and I did not do that. But I thought it was fascinating that, um, you know, what you had wrote was, um, pretty much what you was talking about, you know, from a year and a half ago again today, not today, but you know, Saturday, uh, since you called me back and it may feel a little differently, but do do you have access to, you know those documents? Because, I mean, I'll send it to you right this minute just because just I got it on my mind to do it. Matter of fact, let me just go ahead and do it. I mean, let me just send you those uh, two things. Cause I, what I did was I sent you – I have the wrap-up because uh, in those days I was doing, uh, you know, the recap. I would listen to the recording again and then do a recap on the recap, right? And uh, uh, that's that's way intense, man. I, I'm, not, I'm not really doing that anymore. As, as good as I know that it is for people – that's 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 a little too hard for me, man. That's that's a little too labor intensive. Especially yeah. if I got like five five clients. Yeah, oh man, I'm never gonna get off the phone. You know, like yeah. it's crazy. I haven't. But I haven't. Uh, okay, good. So then I won't email to you. But I'm gonna tell you that you should you should read that because that's got a lot of uh, insight into what we what you're already dealing with. And uh, I invite you to read that again. Like now? Well, no, no, not now. You know, afterwards. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, especially you know, talking about how you and your mother's relationship was, you pretty much doing what your mother was doing with you, you know. I what really, I got out of out of reading. I I really do a lot with she with she. Uh, you know, I actually I do give the silent treatment, which she mm-hmm. always has uh, given me when she was mm-hmm. uh, mad, mad at me, and I also. Uh, uh, I think uh, because she, at some point, she felt very, uh, uh, she she was she was very disappointed with the way other people loved her. So she actually withheld her love mm-hmm. when other people, when she ex- felt that other people were not loving her. Right. And yeah. uh, that's why, and she taught us to to never give your heart out unless you get something in return. 
<laughs> that doesn't work. And it comes up there. It comes up a lot. Yeah. You know what I find works with relationships? Here's what I find works with relationships. The yeah. best thing is to invest fully and then see what kind of return you get. You give your best, you see if the person's enrolled, and then you take, you know, actions based on their um, response, not based on whether you think it's safe to say something or not. Mm. So it's like it's like spreading seeds all over the place and then see which ones give you the most return on your investment. But you can't tell if you don't give your full whether or not you're getting the full benefit from, you know, that particular seed. So, so, so let me let me say it again. That uh, yeah. make sure I got it. So the best thing is to give your best and and wait and see what return I get instead of being stopped. But by what response I get. Yeah, like 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 a lot of times we'll be like, well, I don't know if I'm going to trust this person, so let me just try this and see what happens, right? Or I'm going to wait until they give me a signal. You know, it's like we're trying to figure out how much of a return on our investment we're going to have before we invest. But that's not accurate, and it's rarely possible. That's more like gambling. It's not investing. Because you don't know what you're going to get, so you might as well just go ahead and play full out and see what playing full out will get you. The only way you're going to know for sure what you're going to get is if you actually go out and do something about it. And so I give my love fully uh, to everyone, and then I see how much other people are willing to accept it. Right. I'm not going to prejudge them. I'm going to give everybody a shot. Because I can handle it if they don't like me or they don't want to be with me. I just stop. I'm not getting no return on investment in that one. But mainly it's because they can't handle the love that I could give them. They can't handle my kindness. You know, they can't handle, you know, my perspective. So I've got to leave them alone. They can't handle it, you know. It's like trying to get a kid to drive a car. He's seven years old. Feet can't hit the, even hit the pedals, you know what I mean? Can't even touch the, the gas pedal and see over the steering column at the same time, you know. So it don't work. So don't do that. But let them tell you that it won't work, rather than you trying to figure out ahead of time. Yeah, I get the point. It's safer that way for me. I mean, for me, it's perfectly safe. You know, it's like it's like well, let me just you know, like like there's a saying. God reigns on the just and the unjust alike. So, you God? know, everybody gets some land, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, some places, you know, uh, uh, the seeds take root, and some places it don't. But you spread your seed everywhere and see what happens. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that way it's easier because they will tell you what they can handle, what they can't handle, whether they like you or not, 
Well, you won't know until you you gave your full amount. This is what the, your full return on investment is going to be. Mm. That's the first thing. The second part is that you're demonstrating what it is to give fully. And if they ain't capable of it, well, you demonstrated it. They didn't get it. Okay, fine. So that's not somebody for you. Or, you know, you let them determine the level of of uh, the, the the level of intimacy and, and uh, connectedness in the relationship. Yeah. You know, it's, it it could be challenging. You know, as a contradictory, uh, you know, form of interaction for what you're used to, but it's pretty clean cut. You know, you treat everybody amazingly, and then you see who can handle it. <laughs> mm. And you know, what's interesting is most people will be able to handle it. That's the good part. And the reason why most people will be able to handle it because it's so rare. That hell, they'll treat you great just so that you can keep doing what you did with them the first time. They were like, wow, this person is listening to me. Wow, this person actually likes me. Wow, I have fun with this person. And most folks are scared to give anyhow. So you demonstrating it, they're most likely going to be like, wow, I want more of that. Right. So... Is that is this communicating? Mm. I get the point. They know how to stay there and not make a judgment while waiting for them. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. You 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 don't need to make a judgment at all. First off, you let them do the judging. But secondly, here's 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 what I got. Here's the possibly the biggest thing I ever got out of being a team too. Right, so um, I um, was team two, quarter one. One of my coaches was course manager accountable for at Access to Power coming up. Right. And she was giving me a hard time, man. Like, I had said to her, because I knew her from the World Trade Center. So, you know, she wanted me to be a coach. I was happy to be a coach. You know, great. So I said, you know, one of the things I want to do is help you, you know, get a boyfriend because I've never seen you with a boyfriend. She got insulted, and she gave me a hard time the rest of the quarter. She was a quarter four. And she actually did the TMLP back then when I first knew her in the World Trade Center in 2001. But she never did team two, so she was reviewing team one. (laughs) God bless her. That's hard to do, man, reviewing team one. Anyhow. You know, she would avoid me. She would give me a hard time. She would, you know, manage the conversation in very negative ways. It was rough, man. Anyhow, um, I was dealing with the course leader, Judy Maloney. You remember Judy Maloney? No. Oh, okay. She she might have completed by the time you got into the team. Anyhow, she was a communication course leader in Chicago. She acted like a New Yorker. You know, (laughs) fierce. God bless her. Anyhow, um, first thing she said was, you know, you're making her wrong for making you wrong. I know you're not really making her wrong. Like, you you don't start out making her wrong, but you're making her wrong because she's making you wrong. You know, you got you can't be doing that. Wow, that blew my mind. So um, I couldn't find out stuff because I was counting on this woman 
my coach to tell me what to, you know, tell me what's going on, and she wouldn't take the actions. And she, or she wouldn't communicate with me. Or she would argue with me so we wouldn't get there. She was, you know, some ways trying to sabotage me because she was just pissed off because she was insulted, you know, about right. the relationship thing from the beginning. And this was in the weekend when I said this. So, man, the whole quarter, the exact whole quarter. Anyhow, I was in um, Judy's room in between sessions. And she was, you know, giving me a hard time, man. She was smacking the table. She said, Tony, what about this? Tony, where's that? <coughs> Tony, who's supposed to be doing this? Tony, how come you don't know about this? Tony, Tony, Tony. She's smacking the table, man. She's, like, talking and she's, you know, she's smacking the table, right? <laughs> and my unanswerable question is what I do wrong now. So it was all the way live as she's saying this because I'm like, I don't, you know. But I was just being with it because it was hard. I didn't even have answers. It was coming at me too fast. And all of a sudden, the room got silent. She's still talking and smacking the table. I'm right. still confronted. I'm still confronted, but she, but I can't hear anything. It was like, like the room, the sound got pulled on the, uh, the plug got pulled on the sound in the room. And then a second later, even though it felt like a minute, I had this thought. Oh, crap, she's talking to me like she thinks I can do this stuff. She's not complaining. Oh, crap. Then I thought about it. I said, oh, she's talking to me like she thinks I'm the East. She thinks I can be the Eastern Regions Team 2 leader. Oh, shit, she thinks I can do it. And from that point on, that was what, in that moment, I dissolved the fear of confronting cause. One of the distinctions in the uh, power to create. Yeah, yeah. Dissolving the fear of being at cause in the matter by uh, by believing and uh, knowing that she is treating you as by listening to her mm. that she is uh, treating you as a team leader. That's what. So you, you altered your listening to what she was saying. Yeah, like like she was only complaining because she knew I could do it and I wasn't doing what she knew I could do. She was acknowledging me, even though it sounded like she was she was bitching and moaning at me, but she was really acknowledging me and she was annoyed that I wasn't taking the acknowledgement and doing something with it. Mm. It was like she was telling me that, you know, you're capable, but you're acting like you're not. You're calling me a liar. Stop calling me a liar and do what I know you can do. Mm. But when, see, it wasn't that I shifted my listening for her. It wasn't that my listening got shifted from her complaining to me, because she was complaining. You know, she was inspecting me, but she was also complaining. But what she taught me was that's what everybody who complains is thinking. Yeah. Because nobody gets mad at a 12-year-old autistic kid for not driving him from Phoenix to Philadelphia. Mm. But they know he can't do it, so they won't even bother. Yeah. But if they think you can do it, they're going to complain, and they're going to be like, yo, you're telling me my belief in you is BS, and I'm not hearing that. I'm not taking that. Cut that out. Wow. I like that. So what I'm trying to say is that 
every communication to you is a empowering communication, even if the person who's delivering it doesn't know it. Yeah. Because every communication that comes from a human being to another human being is about love. It's either they love what they're getting and they love it, or they they not getting what they love. And they're complaining about not getting what they love. So you're doing the same thing. You're complaining about not getting what you want, which is love in some form or another. Yeah. So your love is what's having you be judgmental and punishing people. Yeah. Because you love them and you think that they love you and then you're not getting what you want. And so you're going to make them pay by taking away your love because you feel like they took away their love. Yeah. But it's all about love. So if you just get present to the love, you can stop complaining. So that's the first thing. If you get present to why you do this, it's because it's about love for you and you're just annoyed you're not getting the love that you want. Then there's a couple of things you could do. First off, you could you could negotiate communication formats and love arrangements and love expressions and, and structures for interaction. So you could renegotiate because you know some people like to be communicated through by text, some by e- email, some only by voicemail. You know, right? Like that. Yeah. Some snail mail, right? So people will tell you the best way for you to communicate with them if you ask them. You can also say, listen, you know, people have different levels of uh, amounts of communication, like how often do you want to be communicated or like to communicate? Once a day, all day long, once a week, you know, what's 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 that for you? Hmm. Right? So you want to find out what works for the other party so you can make arrangements that take care of you and the other party. That's the first thing you can do is create communication structures as an agreement with your guy, right? You know, but another thing is, uh, so does that communicate? Yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of communication. That's the one thing. Yeah, but see, if he doesn't, not as much as you, then... Um. Yeah. How can we? You know. Yeah. How are you gonna make that? How are you gonna negotiate that? So I'll tell you. One of the things that I did personally, I was dating a woman, and she called me three, four, five times a day. I don't even know how she was able to do that, because she was a landmark staff member. But like, how did she call me that many times a day? What the hell? I could never call her as many times as she called me. But you know what I did do? I picked up the phone almost every time she called. And I rewarded her by being grateful for her call. She didn't even notice that I wasn't calling. She called me so much and I answered so much. So maybe what you could do is, you know, make an agreement with yourself that, hey, listen, he may not text me back, but maybe he'll answer my phone if I call. Find out what works best for him and make agreement with that. Now, it's also possible that he may not be able to, 
it may not work for him to communicate the way you need him to communicate, the way you need somebody to communicate. Yeah. <clears throat> then you got to decide, is the relationship worth it still? Yeah. Because if, it, if it's not, then, you know, it's a it's not a love issue. It's a workability issue. Yeah. And you got to, you, you know, so that so-called chemistry that people say is attraction plus harmony. Yeah. And if you're not having harmony, but you still have the attraction, you don't have a complete relationship. Yeah. I got it. So that's the workability part. And I think right. when I, when I, the the what's not working for me is like I'm not saying what I want in the relationship. Like I don't not say I'm not acknowledging. Hmm. Like you know, I uh, what I want in a relationship. Like I I know I like a lot of communication, mm-hmm. and I'm not communicating that. Yeah, you're I'm withholding. Withholding it, and then it's causing the upset on my end. Yeah, yeah. I have a saying that the first withhold is the beginning of the end of the relationship. Hmm. Because the first withhold puts up the first wall, and then our natural tendency is to justify our need to withhold. And the only way we could do that is by making the person wrong who withholding who we're withholding against, if only by declaring that they're too dangerous or I'm too scared to tell them. Now you're holding a secret against them. And so it just spoils your context for being with it. Yeah. And that compounds the circumstances. Yeah. So you got to be in communication. Otherwise, you're being a hypocrite because you're complaining about him not being in communication and you're not in communication about it. Hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hmm. you got to be in communication. You make, you know, see about making some arrangements. If it doesn't work, then it's not going to work because you need to have that communication. You know, and then you, you know, I also invite you to consider the possibility that, you know, maybe you're you're doing this because you need this much reassurance. Because you didn't have this kind of reassurance when you were a kid, you know, maybe you're trying to make up for what you didn't get from your mom through others. And so, you know, maybe there's a piece of you I don't know. So I'm just throwing this out there because it hit me, you know, like I should investigate. Maybe you're doing this because you're being needy, you know, because you're actually, when it comes to communication, you're, you know, being that five-year-old, that seven-year-old with your mom. And you need to get them to give you what your mom never gave you, or she didn't give you in the way that you wanted. You know, so you could be just recreating that whole relationship all over again with everybody you meet. And if they call you ten times a day, then you get mad at them because they didn't call you twelve. You know, like this is a possibility. I'm not saying it's a truth. It's looking, you know, you get to say. Yeah, you know? I'm definitely feeling like a lot of times it feels like it's not. It's never enough. That's what I'm hearing. 
Yeah. That's what it sounds like. It's never enough. No matter if he calls you 20 times, yeah, but he should have called me 22. Yeah. I mean, if he, so, uh, yeah. Uh, right? You know, you call, he calls you 30 times. Yeah, but what about that one time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, you got to be right about how wrong he is. <laughs> yeah. You know. <clears throat> so, just love everybody, make arrangements. Yeah. He seems to be someone who likes communication. Likes a lot of communication. Mm-hmm. How about how 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 much how much do you think he likes being made wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I have another saying: make wrong is not romantic. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's just it's just not romantic though. It just it just doesn't turn anybody on, man. It doesn't even turn on the person who's doing who's making somebody wrong. They're just right. <clears throat> yeah. And he's probably wondering why are you upset and not happy? And you ain't saying he and he can't tell. Yeah. All right, what are you getting out of this conversation? Uh, I see the the workability uh, part, which is, uh, you know, I may love somebody, and then there's the other part is really workability. If if what works for me in a relationship is communication a certain way, and the other person is now willing or not able to provide it, then I, you know, would have to rethink, um, you know, whether this is the relationship that I want to be in. And the other part is really, uh, I'm present to my my withholding communication in terms of what I need in a relationship what my needs are. Uh, I'm also definitely thinking about uh, the part of what my neediness is playing inside the relationship. Like, is my neediness really... uh, uh, what's running the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm still uh, present to what you said earlier, like, you know, uh, invest in a relationship, I mean, give all you got, and then wait to see what return you get, and then you can make it, you know, Determine whether uh, yeah. whether you you want to be there or not. 
Yeah, you got to establish workability, establish agreements, and then maintain those agreements over time. You know, you know, stuff's going to happen, you know. The train gets, you know, this, the car, that, you know, stuff happens, right? So can you maintain consistency over time? You know, that's a big part of a relationship, you know. Yeah. There's not much difference between, you know, a romantic relationship and a, being a biz, running a business. There's not much difference, man, really. A lot less difference than you could think. Yeah. You know, so um, you you, you want to be in communication. There's no question about it. But you got to straighten yourself out before you even get in communication. Because otherwise, your judgment make wrong and the list that you're holding on here will still be there. As as you're working on yourself, you should work on yourself first. This is what I'm recommending you do. You know, because you, you just need to have clarity. You know, and you can't bring your stuff to that conversation with him when you finally do bring it to him. You know. Yeah. You got to be 100 percent clear before you start your conversation with him about workability. Because otherwise, a piece of you will still be trying to protect yourself from him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense or sound feasible? You well, know, the only thing to, to keep to do, I mean, I can't wait to, to fix myself before getting into a relationship. All right. You no know. problem. I I get it. You know, I can keep keep doing and see what works and see how you know how I can make things work and and learn along the way. Okay. All right. So um. I also want to invite you to to get present to how present you are to love, right? So there's there's withholding, there's neediness, there's um, you know you you know being judging, you know. So you got all of that, and then you know I'm gonna I'm inviting you to consider you paying attention to how much. Um, how present are you to love? How much do you notice love is is around or not around your own relationship to it? Like that. Like uh, in general or inside this relationship? Um, in general, yeah. You know. Yeah, really, I got to say in general, you know, because... Uh, yeah, it is probably a lot easier to try to maintain love when you're with your 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 partner, but you'll get a much more broad relationship um, and, and knowledge base to love if you just include it with everybody, man. I mean, dogs and cats and cartoon characters and you know the, the janitor and you know. Yeah. Like really get present to, to to what love looks like and what love is like for everyone, 
and for you with everyone in every situation. Right, and then, uh, uh, like this, you know, uh, like is there a is there an intention behind it? Yeah. Like, um, well, one intention could be to let love teach you how to love. That could be a, an intention. Yeah. Like what? What can you know? Because it's interesting. You know, babies teach parents how to be parents. <laughs> you yeah. don't know this because you're not a parent, right? But you're a kid. You was a child, right? And so it looks like the parents are running <clears throat> the show, and they're running the show, but not really. They're uh, setting the parameters for the child to run the show. Hmm. See, because we don't really have kids. Kids have us. And so they have their needs, their wants, their desires. They ain't doing nothing for us. They're happy that we're around. But they ain't, we, we don't, you know, we're there for them. <laughs> we are uh, Alfred the butler, and they are Batman. <laughs> right. Right? So they teach us how to be effective parents because before we have kids, we don't know jack shit about being a parent. Yeah. So, you know, they teach us. And so let let life teach you about love by paying attention to it. Yeah. Hmm. Does that make a difference? Does that communicate? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I will look at what I'll be yeah. present. Yes. Yeah. yeah, look look at what love is doing all around you. Because love has some people fight. Love has some people cheat. Love has some people give their life for something. Love makes some people shut down. Love has some people open up and blossom. Love has some people grow. Love has some people mourn. Yeah. So look at what love is doing to the world around you. Hmm. But that's the what is that, role, is that the love that you know we're thinking love a certain way. Yeah, if you're thinking love, romantic love, you pay, you're going to miss the whole point. Because <laughs> you know, you, love is greater than just romance, you know? Love is a bear pulling a drowning crow out of, out of the water. I just saw a video on Facebook yesterday, I think it was, where this bear sees this bird, this crow, trying to get out of the water. It's cold. Can't do it. The bear walks over, looks at it, grabs it with his paw, brings it to his mouth, holds onto the wing, drops the bird on the ground, and goes back to doing what it was doing. <laughs> yeah. I've I've seen uh a lion could kill a, a deer and then protect the baby, the deer's baby mm. from other lions. Like, love is all over the place, man. <laughs> 
It don't even got to have language, man. It's all over. And then you can see the lack of love. Well, I shouldn't say the lack of love, the misinterpretation of love. You know, one place to look at the misinterpretation of love is, uh, you know, politics and, and, you know, and police. You know, it's funny. I was looking at, you know, some of the uh, upsets that uh, uh, cops do. You know, how they, you know, they choked Eric Garner and they shot Michael Brown and they shot the guy that was in the in the in the Walmart, you know, didn't even say nothing to him. They just came in and started shooting. It is funny because I saw a video this morning. Oh, this morning this blew my mind. This guy in Utah has got a gun and he's got a guy on the ground and he's holding this guy down on the ground with his gun until the police show up. And people are standing around. And the police show up, and they don't even talk to the guy with the gun. They just they just walk over to the guy that's on the ground, and they put cuffs on him. The reason why it blew my mind was because the guy that had the gun that was on the phone saying, hey, come over here, this is where this guy is at, was a white guy. Yeah. Huh. I can't imagine if it was a black guy that was pointing the gun at a guy on the ground what those cops would have done with the black guy with the gun. Yeah. I'm looking at that like they didn't even tell that guy to put the gun down. Wow. Damn. I don't know if he was a police officer himself or not. I don't know. Here's what I know. They didn't bother that guy. They didn't even, like, interview him mm. on the video. Oh, Boy, that was that was... That was just as heavy. That was as heavy as watching Eric Garner get choked to death on, on video. Wow, that was that was a fucking crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm like, crazy. I'm like how how did the cops not bother this guy with his gun? Yeah. How did they do that? And then he shot a 12 year old guy and a, a kid in the park because he had what looked like a gun. They didn't even talked to him. He came out the gun out of things. So like I'm saying is you know because it's like what, what's love providing. And how is love being presented? You know, it got twisted. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. I think I got one more in me. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Yeah, so, so thank you. So, you know, it's like those guys are operating like they love their life and they don't love black folks or they don't love people that they don't understand or, you know, or they, they love their beliefs or, you know, so it's like really looking at what is love doing and what's people's interpretation of love on this planet. You know, you can look at your, you can look at the customers in the, in your business. You know, you can look at the people on on in transit as you're driving or you know using mass transit. Like just look and see what love is, how love is showing up. Because yeah. it's either showing up in ways that make people happy. Or showing up in ways that makes people upset because they ain't getting what they want. Yeah. So let love educate you on love so that you can become masterful at it. Because I'm hearing, the only reason why you're talking to me is because you actually would like to be masterful at it. <laughs> yeah. Right? What I want, yeah, I want to be in a relationship. 
Yeah, the relationship yeah. of my dreams. I want to love somebody. I, I don't want to be alone. I want to be yeah. in other people's lives. Yeah. And, um, it's crazy. I have learned how to be loving when I'm not giving out my heart. Like when I'm not... Yeah, when... when probably when... When it's, not about, when it's not about romance, right? Is that what it is? It's not about romance. Yeah, I have learned how to be loving. Yeah. But when it's there's so much at stake, uh, which is what I really want, then, uh, then I become like a like a I go back to where I was. I remember my fascinating. I remember yeah, my, yeah. being yeah. Uh, that person even with friends like at some point mm-hmm. I have become that kind of guy uh, to a certain extent but not to the extent that I'm I'm uh, I'm acting you know in this relationship mm-hmm. uh, but, I, but I have become and, and I know I have been trained at you know throughout, somehow some somewhere I started Doing this trade, yeah. Waiting, you know, for what others do, so I don't feel like I lost. Like it's like winning. Also, it's like, well, how do I win, or how how do I not be a victim? I guess I, I associate a lot uh, what. Giving, uh, like uh, giving with no return, with being a victim. Mm-hmm. And what really is, yeah. it, it, it's a generosity. Actually, it's more than. Mm. It's not a victim. It's a place of power. Being generous, it's a place of power. Well, I want to um, <clears throat> direct your attention to something that you said. And this thing that you said is what's killing you. It's a huge part of what's killing you. You said, you know, when you're not in a romantic relationship, you learn to be loving. But when there's so much at stake, that's when you start getting, you didn't use the word wonky, but you may as well have. But here's the thing. That's the reason why I say that's so fascinating is that, um, I said interesting, but fascinating, same thing is that um, there's nothing at stake when you... trying to have a, a powerful romantic relationship, you know, be in a relationship with your dreams. There's no at-stakeness. You're just either going to be in a great relationship or you're not, but there's no at-stakeness. I mean, it's not like you're going to die if it doesn't happen. Hmm. Like, that concept is like I'm going, to mil- I'm going into battle and my li- I'm putting my life at stake. Yeah. That is because I could live or die depending on how I play the game full out. But you're going to live. Let, let me throw at you what my point of view is. Go ahead. My point of view is I'm not likable. I'm alone. Hmm. That could be. And, that, sounds, that sounds consistent with this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like a so I'm either proving that I'm not likable or uh, 
I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life, and it terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it so, so that's why it feels like it is at stake. Well, is it like, is it going to be, am I going to be with someone? Well, here's what I want you to know. Like, no, it's not theory what I'm about to say. So the creator created Mikhail Sarkis um, because the creator as you as an expression, an aspect of the creator. So like the creator wanted to have a life, wanted to express itself the way you're living your life, the possibility of the way you're living your life. So you know, being a doctor, being somebody who's organized, you know, being someone who, who's generous with people, generally speaking, and all that stuff. The same as, you know, the creator had, you know, created Tony Veer, Philip Anthony Veer Jr., you know, the relationship guy, and, and to bring amazingness to a relationships and to, you know, a connection with the creator directly. So, you know, we're all created a certain way um, intentionally. It's not an accident. And and so we also, inside of our creation, uh, have particular desires that you could say we were born with. We were gone? I didn't get born, we were born with these desires. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, my mother called me a humanitarian when I was eight years old. She looked at me funny, like she saw right through me or something, you know. And uh, I didn't even know what the word meant. <laughs> I just remember she said that, you know. So anyhow, um, like, she was right, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, yeah. You know, she saw that in me, right? So, you know, if you have it in you, to be in the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams, that's because that's waiting for you as soon as you stop worrying that you won't get it. Like at the right time, when you're ready for it and it's ready for you and your partner is ready for you, it'll be it. So like right now, you're doubtful that it's going to happen. But there's no doubt. It's either going to happen or it's not going to happen, but it's not like I'm doubtful it's going to happen. You know, when I talk to people about having kids, you know, my experience of having children is that you're going to have your children whether you like it or not because you already made an agreement before you were born and before they were born that you were going to be their parent. Mm. So you could try and not have babies, but if you're supposed to have babies, the baby going to follow you around until they show up. (laughs) If you... And if you uh, were not supposed to have no babies, you could try to get pregnant all you want. That ain't going to happen. You know, my, I tried so hard not to have kids, man. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was supposed to have, you know, my first daughter. I was supposed to have both my kids with my, my first wife. And I broke up with her. Uh, and we had sex one last time. We had going away sex like ending the relationship sex. And I was done. I forgot about her. She was done, gone, the past. 
And two months later, she came out. She showed up out of nowhere. Two months later, and she tells me she was standing there with a girlfriend. And, you know, she looked pretty good. You know, you know. She's standing there. And she says, "I'm pregnant." And I looked at her, and I was like, "Damn, she really is." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't. It was you know, like I my intuition was like, "Yeah, I can feel it." You know, damn, she really is. Oh, crap. And at some point, I gave her some money to go get an abortion. You know what she did with the money? She did not get an abortion. You know what she did with that money? She bought an engagement ring. She bought an engagement ring, man. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, was I pissed. Oh, my wow. God. Yes. She took the abortion money and bought an engagement ring instead. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Yes. Yes. Fuck wow. you, we getting married. Yeah, we ain't, you ain't going nowhere. That's what she was saying. And I, I guess that's what my daughter was saying, too. Wow. <laughs> so. Now, uh, yeah, so what's, what's waiting for you is waiting for you, whether you like it or not, whether you're doubtful or not. So yeah, you just want to. believe in this. Well, just because you don't believe in it don't mean it ain't true. Yeah, and, and it, so doesn't, just, it doesn't mean that what you're saying is true either. Uh, yeah, I can see why you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why you say that. Listen, that totally makes sense why you would say that. You know, and yeah, it's, it's, it could very just well be that what I'm saying was true for me and not necessarily true for everybody else. That's possible. I just doubt it. I don't have scientific proof because I'm not a scientific guy. I'm an intuitional, spiritual kind of guy. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about life? Is that intuition and spirit and creativity shows up and then science comes ahead, comes behind it and verifies it. Hmm. Science is after the fact. You know, if you think about everything that we have scientifically, we either came across it by accident or we came across it as proof of what we were thinking about and, and intuitionally coming up with. Science is proof. is not the first thing. It's like the last thing for us. I don't know. Does that, does that resonate? Sound make sense? Uh, yeah, I mean... And there's a point generally there. speaking, yeah, generally speaking, I'm not saying all across the board, but it seems that science is proof of as opposed to the creation of most of the time, yeah, right, ideas floating around, people are like, get out of here, there's the proof, yeah, scientific proof, and that's what they use scientific proof, you even use the term, no, yeah, but intuition pops up first, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, anyhow, so, yeah, you know, I don't have scientific proof. I agree. Um, however, um, you know, when I look at parents and I look at, you know, or I look at life in general, I see this is what, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, and it could just be my interpretation, but that's besides the point. The point I'm trying to make here with you is that you're going to get what you got coming to you whether you like it or not. And you can withhold it and hold back all you want. You know, you can hold back on 
being uh, somebody in a, in a relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams, but you wouldn't have that desire if it wasn't there for you. You know, like it could be that, um, you know, you're, you've always wanted it because you know it's coming for you. That's one of the things you were born to do is to be in a relationship with your dreams with a partner of your dreams. You know, another part of it is that it could be, you know, your training, you know, uh, in life is to be that way so you can support other people with that. Or, you know, I don't know what your what your purpose or habit it is. I just know that you wouldn't have the desire if you wasn't capable of, ha- of, of fulfilling on that desire. Say it one more time. You wouldn't have that desire if you weren't capable of fulfilling that desire. Mm. You know, you don't want to be somebody with four arms. <laughs> you ever dreamed of like, man, I really wish I had four arms. How can I grow two more arms? You ever thought about that? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Have you? No. Yeah, you think so, yeah. <laughs> it ain't even in you to do that. And if you did, you'd have to find scientific a scientific way of doing it, man. Put some bionic arms on your on your on your ribs, you know? Whatever. So it really depends. So what what I hear from you is like um I hear it a little bit differently, uh, that depending on how strong my desire is to have that thing it will happen to me. Because sometimes you have a desire that comes and like really not really serious about it. I don't know. I mm-hmm. wish I can have a plane. But I'm really not acting to, you know, to... Yeah, to, it's, a nice, it's a nice to have, yeah. Yeah, to buy, buy a plane. But it's, yeah, it's nice to have. Now, mm-hmm. this desire that I have, which really be in a relationship, is such a strong desire. Yeah, burning. The burning desire, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, so you have to, one of the things that's there for you, particularly you, is that you have to learn how to deal with the lack of workability in relationships in order for you to actually have a relationship that works. You got you need to know how to see what's not working and make it work because you actually have the capacity to do that. You just it almost like you quit on it when it comes to relationships. The same skill set that you have at making stuff work at work is the same skill set you need to put in place around relationships, but you're not doing that. I'm not doing it at all. I know. You quit on relationships because you're coming from scarcity around it. You're coming from failure around it. Your mindset won't let you do what your gifts and talents are fully capable of producing. It's like I, it's, it's my, my, really, my uh, point of view has been, has sentenced me to be alone because, you know, I'm not likable. So it's just like, whatever he says, uh, you know, I just try to prove, try to find a plea that he, he doesn't like me and then so I leave him. Consider the possibility, yeah, consider the possibility, you just can't be with a lack of workability around relationships. As soon as work, unworkability shows up, you quit. You consider it a failure, and you go there. Your optimism and positive mental attitude goes out the window when, when unworkability shows up in relationships. 
But you have the gift of workability. That's how come you're so good at what you do. Yeah. You handle you got you you make your money workable. You don't have breakdowns getting in the way of you having money or managing your money. You don't have breakdowns getting in the way of your home, your career, especially you don't have breakdowns around that. I mean, if the breakdown shows up, that don't stop you. Be like, oh, I'll fix that. Fine. But relationships, you you quit as soon as the first breakdown shows up. Yeah. Yeah, and I and, and I can't, I can't. Yeah. And Your you think, patience is paper thin around this. Yeah, it, it, you think it is. I mean, what I think it really is my point of view, and not as truth, but I think that. Yeah. But see, you can't possibly be in a great relationship unless you understand the nature of creating workability because you're going to have breakdowns in relationships. They happen. They happen because environments change. You know, like you move from one apartment to the next or somebody breaks a leg or you know, you, you all of a sudden you come into, you know, an abundance of wealth that you never knew before. You know, or what do what you get famous and then you got to deal with the uh, interruptions of life or, you know, whatever, you know, kids, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, you get old, you know, somebody gets out of shape, you know, somebody has a heart attack and, you know, they're, they're invalid, you know, car accident. I mean, you know, like breakdowns are a part of being in a relationship. So if you don't prepare for that, disagreements, philosophical points of view are not on the same page. You know, if you don't know how to deal with all of that stuff, then, you know, you you don't have, you're not strong enough to make a relationship work. Yeah. Because, you know, you're operating like they're not supposed to be any breakdowns as opposed to, I can handle any breakdown. Because that's how you are around work, right? Yeah, I'm not, yeah, no, I can deal with breakdowns that work very well. Yeah. But it's the same with romantic relationships. It's the same. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's the breakdowns that throw you off in romantic relationships. It's your relationship to relationships that has a breakdown, not occur as a breakdown in a relationship. Let me say that again. Hmm. It's your relationship to relationships that has a breakdown in a relationship, not occur as a breakdown, but as a failure, and you throw your hands up, you know, in the air with uh, resignation. See, I knew it. Yeah, failure waiting to happen at the first sign of a breakdown, right? Yeah, any breakdown feels like a failure, really, and I and I'm just feel like and I start doubting and I'm like, no, okay, it's not gonna work. Like, right, it, it happened, you know, a lot. Yeah. Although this, a this guy really is, he's the guy who has by far been the best 
in terms of, you know, trying not to have breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Well, your relationship to breakdowns is what's killing you because you're going to have them just like yeah. you're going to have them at work. But your relationship to breakdowns is killing a relationship. And you're going to kill any relationship you have until you shift your context around breakdowns in relationships. You already have the, the, the talent and the skill set. What you don't have is the faith. Yeah. You already got it that you lost. You already got it that you lost before the first breakdown. You're like failure waiting to happen. You already quit before you, before you had the first kiss. And you're great at managing breakdowns. I mean, listen, there's some people who are not great at handling breakdowns. I couldn't have this conversation with them. I'd have to teach them how to deal with breakdowns. You don't have to be taught how to deal with breakdowns. You're very professional at making things work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So translate that skill, transfer that skill to relationships. Transfer that mindset, actually, to relationships. The mindset that I can make it work. Yeah. All right, what are you getting out of this? It really is like relationship breakdowns occur as a failure. And and, And in front of every breakdown, to me, and of course, that relationship is going to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't see the breakdown as breakdown. That's yeah, really you don't see breakdown. I just treat it like a failure, and and I know I'm so well trained and trained into dealing with world the, the world breakdown, you know, professionally and and many other ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somehow it's. It's that type of relationship that is that I haven't translated. Yeah. Well, you never thought you probably never thought of it before today, you know. Yeah. So you can't even make yourself wrong because you you know it never it didn't show up for you like that because you know you you haven't had this particular conversation till today. Yeah. So. I got got to chew on this, and also deeper. Why is it like? Why am I? Yeah, keep digging deep. Like, why am I being that person in this kind of setting? Yeah, because the person who loved you the most constantly threw you away, and you couldn't do anything about it. The person you depended on the most, mom occasionally threw you away, you couldn't do nothing about it. So if mom wasn't going to love you that way, nobody else can. Nobody else will. Ain't possible. Nobody's going to love me like mom did, and she threw me away. Mom was just treating you the way everybody else in her mind treated her. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It wasn't even personal, man. <laughs> she didn't know no better. Yeah. If she had me, if I was around, at, you know, she didn't, at that time, I wouldn't have helped her anyhow. I didn't know nothing, man. I was too busy throwing people away my damn self. If I was throwing them away. They wouldn't throw me away, you know? <laughs> Boy. But if she had this Tony back then, she wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have let her. You know, we was talking. I wouldn't have let her. But she ain't know either. Like, she was unknowing about that, you know? Yeah. She ain't know. So she wasn't doing it on purpose, even if she was doing it. She wasn't conscious of it. So you could forgive her. Yeah. And realize. Yeah, say it again. That's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah, if you could could forgive her and realize that not everybody's her, because that's the other part. You're treating everybody like they like she like like she treated you. Yeah. You know, if you could realize that she did what she did, but she but that not everybody's like her. Yeah. You know, you'd be back on the road to healing, bro. And being unstoppable in relationships, man. Yeah, it really is amazing, actually. I really have a great opportunity, uh, uh, Tony, with this guy. Great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really you do. Just gotta give, you just got to give yourself permission to be to not be scared to make it work. Yeah. He's to willing fight to, for it to work. Yeah, he's willing to yeah. drive four hours. And, and, and I'm, you know, we're both willing to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, you just gotta not be. A, you just gotta give up that that relationships are failures for you waiting to happen. You're just looking for more proof of what you've always been looking for and that you've always seen. Yeah, that's a really great. Uh, that was that was a great work today. Great work. Thank you. Yeah. Great. I'm gonna give. I want to give you this um, visual yeah. before we get off the phone here. So. Uh, yeah, this was a great call, man. It really was because, you know, I know we got somewhere resonated. So um, I have a photo of a, of a rhinoceros who's a who's an artiste. This rhinoceros is a painter. Yeah. And he's got all of these paintings. But in every painting, he's got his rhinoceros uh, um, horn in the middle of the painting. <laughs> Yeah. Right, because the rhinoceros has a big horn on the nose, right? Right. So everything it looks at, he paints the sky, but there's a horn in the middle of it. And he paints, you know, the trees, and there's a horn in the middle of the painting. <laughs> but yeah. but the, elephant, the, the, the rhinoceros is the only one that sees his horn. You know what I'm, I'm going to send it to you because that's you. You're seeing this horn called failure in rela- relationships fail, but you're the only one that's seeing it. So I'm going to send you it so that you can have it as a reminder. <laughs> mm. It's awesome painting, but it's awesome cartoon. Um, but I'm going to send it to you, man, because uh, <laughs> that's how we see stuff. We see whatever we think. We, we see whatever we want to see, not what's really there necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I'm gonna take it out in a minute here, man. Um, so anyhow, all right. That's all I got. Unless you Thank bring you up something much. else. I really appreciate it very much, uh, Tony. Yes. And by the way, I, so I want to I want to ask you a quick question, and you don't even got to answer it now. But did you stop playing the game of relationships because, you know, I know I had brought this up to you, you know, some time ago. Like, I wondered if you got any anything else because, you know, the fact that you made me come up with something yeah. for, you know, your game in the world. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if you got anything else because, um, you yeah. know, if you ever do, I mean, you know, feel free to let me know because, um, you know, I'm into creating, but I, I, I'm looking for more things to create. Yeah. And, um, but I, I don't know what's not working out there in terms of relationships. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's you know another group coaching program for for some gay guys or something. I don't know, but. You know, if something comes up for you around it, please let me know. That's all, because yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't been actively creating games. You know, since yeah. last year, since I left. Uh, you know, I, I finished the team. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will. I will let you know. I, I don't have any plans, but. Something I could see something that could make a difference for me as well, and uh, uh, yeah, I'll keep it in mind. I'll keep it in yeah, mind. Yeah, you ain't, ain't got to do nothing about it now. But I'm like, you did yeah. it once, man. So I'm like, you know, yeah. what else is there? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? The reason why I also I'm bringing it up to you, and then I'm gonna let you go, is that um, sometimes. You gotta ask somebody who knows nothing, um, in order for you, so somebody that knows everything to see something new. Yeah. Does that communicate? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was so appreciative of it because, like, you know, what you brought was, um, you know, you you saw something that I probably would have never seen. Because, you know, I know too much. <laughs> Not like I'm being a smart aleck, a smart ass, but like, you know, I know so much I wouldn't have noticed that that was a missing, you know what I mean? Got it. You so, got it. That, sure. That's why, you know, I'm bringing it up. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right. I'll, I'll keep it in mind, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it it will, it has its place. And I, and I know quite a few of my friends don't have relationships, mm-hmm. would like to be in one. So. Yeah. All right, very uh, cool, man. I actually I share a lot about you with, uh, amongst my friends as well. So, oh, okay. So, you know. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, Love it. So uh, if you could uh, uh, forward this to me as well, it would be great, please. Yes. The recording. Will do. Yeah. I'll, I'll put you. it up on the uh, like, Dropbox can, folder. Can we do uh, like uh, once a week now? Is it okay? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I and just, and in know, case. Uh, if I need you, or like I'm in crisis, I will. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you. Uh, I'll send, send you a message. See if, if you're available. But I think uh, let's keep it like once a week. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll keep working and chewing on what we've been working on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just it's just that you were so stuck the first time. You know, I was like, yo, I'm not gonna go. We're not gonna go a whole week. Man. Yeah, that, that, that was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So. Um, 
next uh next Tuesday uh next Tuesday the 31st uh yeah. can we do the same time sure all right sounds great awesome thank you all right unless you, you need me unless you need me I'll talk to you next week man yes sounds great you got it brother later thank you with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.